Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast, our weekly show about how technology is changing the creative industries. Today on the program, an update on how EU regulations will affect the fashion industry. A slew of new directives and legislations are coming out of the EU in the coming years that will affect the global textile industry. We will try to provide an overview of these legislations as well as give you the resources where you can find out more. We will also be talking about takeaways from Global Fashion Summit that took place in Copenhagen this week. We'll hear from Mauro Scalia, Director of Sustainable Businesses at Euratex, who did a much-like keynote at our Transformation Conference in Helsinki earlier this summer. And we'll provide an overview, or a preview rather, of the upcoming Stockholm edition of Transformation Conference we're so excited about. My name is Konrad Olsson, Editor-in-Chief and Founder of Scandinavian Mind, and I'm here with my dear colleagues, our senior editor, Johan Magnusson, and our editor-at-large, Oliver Dahle. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. All right. So this EU legislation thing is a big topic right now, uh, not least present at this week's Global Fashion Summit, which we'll talk more about uh, later in this show. Um, it's a big topic, which I think everyone in the industry is starting to uh uh trying to get a, get their hands around there's a lot of uh, worry among fashion brands there are a lot of questions in the air and that's why we want to be uh, a kind of a resource where you can try to figure out what this will mean for for the industry for brands for designers for suppliers and so forth it will definitely affect the whole value chain of the fashion industry and uh, I wanted to start by um, just plugging uh, that the whole conference from Helsinki, which we talked a lot about this topic, the whole transformation conference from Helsinki is now up on ScandinavianMind.com. So for anyone who wants uh, a, a deeper kind of primer on this issue, uh, go to ScandinavianMind.com and look at the on-demand play. Uh, and click at the on-demand link where we'll show you all the videos from, from the conference. And perhaps the most important one was that from Mauro Scalia. He was a direct, he's the Director of Sustainable Businesses at European Apparel and Textile Federation, uh, Eurotex. He's the, the lobbyist for the textile industry. He works in Brussels. He has a very uh, you know, in-depth and, and on-the-ground view of what's happening uh, let's just hear a brief clip from 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 Mauro's uh, uh, keynote speech. Um, what this legislation wants to do is to oblige companies to justify their statements based on scientific data, based on key parameters. It's very ambitious, and not only not only look at the claim on the product, but in principle also the claim of the brand would have to be justified. So I no longer can say by 2025, I want to be the best for that, or I want to do this. I need to justify that, which probably means we're going to have way less claims in the near future, because companies will have to think twice, but perhaps more reliable, and then we can trust them. 
All right, that was Mauro Scalia, uh, director of Eurotex in Helsinki earlier this summer. You won, you actually met Mauro after the conference. Uh, what were your impressions when when speaking to him, and and uh, did you get a get a grasp of this topic? Yeah, uh, great speech and a great interview, which we also turned into a so-called Voices uh, online, where we let in uh, every week we let the industry insiders share their yeah insights and knowledge. So great interview and um, great to meet him. And um, he had a very appreciated keynote. He also set the tone for the entire day, the entire conference. And also, yeah, quite a serious tone, of course. And the Transformation Conference uh, is very, yeah, it's a serious event, you know. So, um, yeah, it was great to start with him. All right. I thought we'd take the chance to try, at least try to give an overview of these legislations. It's impossible for a half-hour podcast show to do it justice. Uh, But I wanted to get some things uh, in here uh, for for anyone who's new to this. as Mario talked about in his keynote, which you can see online, there are 16 different areas of legislation that is being pushed through the EU right now. And this it will affect the entire value chain of producing, uh, distributing, selling, uh, and uh, ultimately taking care of the waste of the textile uh, value chain. So, uh, you know, I think Mauro uh, highlighted three things in his speech, the the digital product passport, which is going to be a huge, huge thing where uh, 300 million products that will be sold in EU every year will be ha- required to ha- carry this digital product passport passport with information about the, the origins of the materials, where it's being produced, how it's being produced and so forth. Uh, there's also this extended producer responsibility, which puts a lot of a, a whole lot more weight on the brands in terms of where where the product will end up uh, ultimately. You know, after they're being sold, after they have been used by the consumer, um, uh, how can we take care of it better? There's a big article in Aftonbladet uh, th- this past weeks covering the reverse logistics part of the value chain where. Uh, they've been following how uh, you know products that are are being uh, put into recycling bins, you know, ultimately being ended up in landfills in in Africa. Uh, incredible reporting that has put a lot of strain on on the big uh, fast fashion players, including H and M, of course. Oliver, you've been covering this quite a lot uh, recently. You've been writing about it. How would you uh, describe these EU legislations if you if you met a fashion brand and tried to explain it to them? Um, yeah, like it's very convenient that this was presented during the transformation conference because this is something that will transform the fundamentals of how the fashion industry are working. Basically, what the European Union wants to do is to change the whole idea of what the fashion industry are doing, how they operate. So it's going to be changed from a model which is very much take and make a very linear business model. You produce textiles, you do something from the textiles, and then you don't know where it ends up. You throw it away, just ship it to Africa and close uh, end up in landfill. And so 
what the European Union wants to do is basically to close this loop um, to make the fashion industry become a circular industry. And what they are trying or hope to do with all these legislation that is coming is to look into, as you said before, different parts of the supply chain. When we talk about fashion and sustainability, we always mention how the supply chains are so complex. So obviously, if you are going to create a regulation that adheres to uh, the supply chains, um, it will be um, very complex regulations as well. Um, so therefore, it's um, how you look at the reporting, what happens with the waste, um, the digital product passport, and all these kind of things. Um, but one major change to me is how um, fashion brands have to become service providers instead of just um, pushing products. Mm. Um, we need to keep our clothes in this circular loop uh, for much longer than we do now. Um, because consumers today, they are buying t-shirts, they are using it just a couple of times, then they throw it away um, because, I don't know, maybe it loses the fit, maybe the color is fading, um, there might be a zipper which is a bit wonky or you know things happening with the clothes and so what the e-regulation are doing is that they are looking into a lot of the design part of how clothes are made how could you produce clothing that lasts for longer um how are you designing clothes that is either easy to repair uh, so you could instead of throwing away your coat your jacket because the zipper is not really working how could you then just in an easy way change this uh, zipper and then use your jacket for maybe two or three or ten more seasons so that's one part of it actually looking into the design part of fashion how it's created but also how could fashion brands be part of this uh, prolonging the uh, use of uh, garments let's say you go and uh, buy a jacket from a brand how how are they then helping you with um repairing it maybe retaking it selling it on a second-hand market um how could the brand uh, give you suggestions on where to repair it how to repair it how to remake it and actually prolong the life of this garment so you don't throw it away which has been a very common practice by brands, consumers, and everyone that um, somewhat take part of the fashion and clothing industry. Just to just to pause there, Oliver, for for a second. I think that's what's so fascinating about this uh, this whole project that they are undertaking in the EU is that they really aim to fundamentally 
change the way we look at clothes, the way we handle clothes, the way we uh, use them, um, uh, the way we, as you said, repair them and try to prolong the life. Uh, you know, these are all buzzwords that has been in the fashion industry for a long time. Brands have been talking about this. There are initiatives, you know, in any fashion store, there are these initiatives of, you know, pre-loved garments or repair and so forth. But, you know, to me, that that has been kind of, uh, uh, you know, varnish on a very traditional, uh, you know, industry, a very traditional way of working. What's fascinating about these regulations, if they take it all the way, if if they really go through with this and implement all of these initiatives, as I said, there are 16 different um, uh, legislations that are, they want to push through. It will fundamentally change the, the textile industry. And uh, as we, we heard Mauro talk, talk about from the conference, it will you know, change a lot of brands. It will probably um, uh, you know, make a lot of brands disappear if, if they do this. And you know, just, just going from what you said, being a supplier, a producer, which you know, many brands are, are you know, pretty much just designing, uh, ordering the production of clothes from a factory, pushing them out into the world, and you know, their responsibility ends there. If they have to take care of the entire value chain, which is, uh, uh, you know, when I speak to the brands, they, they, they're just scratching their heads and shaking their heads and, and saying, we don't know, we even know where to start. Becoming a service provider, they don't have the, the knowledge for this. They don't have the technological maturity for this. So this is where uh, I just wanted to pause and reflect on this. This is where it gets really, really tricky for the industry, I think. And, uh, you know, we're going to go into talking about some of the discussions that, that were in, in Copenhagen this week. But it's interesting to see um, how this all is now. The, the conversation is really starting in the industry. People are waking up to this because these legislations are being uh, decided this summer. Uh, so it's very timely to, to talk about this stuff. Um, one of the things that one other big, big part of it is the communication and, and maybe we can, I know this was talked about in Copenhagen, you've been covering and following what, what, what's been saying there. Uh, but this kind of new green claims, uh, uh, part of the legislation where, uh, brands, uh, you know, it's basically a, a law, uh, that will uh, end greenwashing, but it's very much, it's much more detailed than that. Any claim that you make about your your garments or your clothes or or how your production needs to be backed by facts, needs to be backed by data. Um, uh, what, what's your take on this, Oliver? Yeah, but like for all three of us here working in fashion and have been doing for a couple of years, we all have seen these claims in different ways. Um, how collections is made out of recycled whatever it could be, how this um, brand is reducing their carbon footprint, whatever it could be. Um, it's a lot of numbers, statistics that are just being thrown around without actually being able to check if this is sustainable. What is, um, what are they actually doing? Is this something that is good? It's very hard for the consumer to actually value all these claims that has been going around 
so yeah, what will be implemented is how these um, environmental claims need, as you said, to have um, scientific proof and that there will be a shared framework which all brands and companies needs to adhere to. Because as you said, looking back, there hasn't really been anything and it has been very much up to anyone to self-regulate and to actually present whatever the brand wants to present. So these claims, environmental claims need to be actually grounded in something, which is more easily grasped than what it has been. I, I spend a lot of time uh, digging into consumer behavior now. And if we look at uh, the modern consumer and uh, the consumer group that will become uh, the, the next big ones, like uh, Gen Z and such, their major, um, their major topic when buying stuff, uh, it seems, or, or, or will become the major topic is transparency. Uh, while the fashion industry for such a long time has been um, anything but transparent. So um, it's a fundamental change that uh, needs to take uh, place and it needs to go fast. But uh, yeah, most likely these new regulations and, and other initiatives will um, fast forward uh, this um, very much needed transformation. For sure. And let's get into uh, how the industry is reacting on this. Uh, This week, uh, the Global Fashion Summit took place in Copenhagen, uh, Denmark. Um, It's, uh, you know, kind of one of the prime events for uh, discussing the the challenges of the fashion industry uh, after transformation of conference, of course. Um, No, jokes aside, this is a much bigger event than transformation conference. Uh, it's kind of like a Davos of, of, of the fashion industry. It's uh, run by the Global Fashion Agenda, which was previously named, I think, Copenhagen Fashion Agenda uh, or something, but they took away the Copenhagen name. I think they really wanted to make it a global uh, event. Um, Oliver, maybe you can describe uh, this event a little bit further and, and what, what, what some of the topics were th- uh, this week. Yeah, uh, so as you said, um, it really is um, a huge event. Um, so it was during two days in Copenhagen, um, which basically many of the major fashion leaders gathered to discuss these um, uh, very important topics that uh, surrounds um uh fashion sustainability and during these uh, two days there was um about 140 speakers um more than 1000 visitors and there was talks panel talks round tables um uh, spread out um, over four stages so it's really like um I don't know if you could use the word, but like a festival uh, of fashion sustainability. They also have an innovator exhibition in which uh, solution providers are presenting their solutions and how to tackle these uh, problems with uh, with new ideas, new uh, innovations. Um, so yeah, it's really an event which takes these uh, uh, questions very uh, holistically but um, so what are they saying then 
Um, first of all, um, mm. the European Fashion Alliance was present and was having a talk and to having a segue from the EU regulation we were talking about. Um, uh, the European Fashion Alliance is working very hard with those at the moment. And to give a brief introduction, what they are doing is um, that EFA, the alliance, is um, uh, it's consisting of uh, all the European fashion councils, organizations. Uh, it has representatives from Fashion Weeks, um, which mm. then represent their designers in each uh, country. Uh, so they are basically being the um, the middleman, being the connection between the politicians and the fashion designers. I know that the alliance had a meeting with the uh, European Union uh, not very long ago, just to discuss these uh, regulations that are coming. And they now also have a survey in which they are asking the fashion industry what they need, what they um want out of this um of the regulations and so these regulations are not just coming out of the eu out of the blue and they are being discussed with the industry itself and it was um during this talk with the european fashion alliance um uh, that carlo capasa which represents the uh, italian Fashion Council, Camera Nazionale della Moda, um, that he mentioned like that there are pitfalls in these regulations that are coming. I'm not 100% sure about this regulation, how it's formed, but in general it is that by 2030, a majority of collections need to be produced by uh, recycled fabrics. Which, um, when you say it like that, sounds great. But what uh, right. Mr. Capasa then brought up is that this is a regulation that won't be able to um, apply to biodegradable fabrics. For example, wool, silk, and fabrics that actually are made of natural materials. Because you aren't able to... Uh, recycle these type of fabrics in the same extent, such as cotton, polyester, whatever it could be. And so here, the fashion industry are playing a quite vital role uh, in being a, a player to actually give input and what um, what the regulations are going to be. Um, how they are going to be formed. This, this actually makes me kind of happy to hear because, uh, you know, a lot of the, the issues up until now has been, or a lot of the talk up until now has been that the fashion industry is not really connected to the EU. Uh, compared to other industries, there are a staggeringly low amount of lobbyists in Brussels, for instance, and you know, lobbyists, we can think of that as something very negative, and and why should we have lobbyists? But it it's actually the lobbyists that you know can speak for an industry and you know negotiate and talk to and provide insights to the lawmakers. 
uh, and and that's you know one of the reasons, one of the the, the consequences of having a uh, uh, an industry that's been so you know unregulated for such a long time. You know, compared to the auto industry or you know uh, 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 pharmaceutical or, or any other industry that's been very very tightly regulated, um, there hasn't been that dialogue. And uh, it's it's great to hear that it's actually starting to happen. Yeah, definitely. And um, what's really beautiful about the European Fashion Alliance is that all um, or more or less all of the fashion councils and organizations across Europe are represented. During this talk, I mentioned uh, Carlo Capasa from the Italian Fashion Council, but um, there was also Susanna Bobikova uh, that represented the Slovak Fashion Council. And I don't, the Slovakian fashion scene, um, I don't know about you guys, but I haven't heard so much about it, but they are still being represented here and they have a voice to actually um, have a saying in being um uh, uh have a saying to the regulation that is coming there's obviously a ton more to dig into and this was our attempt to ahead of summer give a little bit of an update on what's happening on uh, the, the eu legislations for the fashion industry again the entire transformation conference from helsinki is now up on scandinaviamind.com i highly recommend go and watch those uh, talks and panels uh, not least the mauro scalia one from eurotex gave a great overview um if you want to learn more about this, if you want to hear us talk more about it, we have the Stockholm edition of Transformation Conference coming up uh, on August 31st, the last of August at uh, the uh, during Nordic uh, Fabric Fair at the Stockholm Fashion District. Uh, we're doing this again with our partners, Business Finland and Helsinki Partners, as well as Stockholm Fashion District. And I'm happy to say that Mauro Scalia will come back to, to give his update. I'm sure there has been a lot happening since um, the end of May, beginning of June, when we heard him talk the last time and at the end of August, because during summer, a lot of these regulations are going to be pushed through. Uh, we will also have a, a slew of, of great other speakers. We have a series of innovation companies coming from Finland and Nordic Bioproducts, which we featured in Scandinavian Mind issue four, uh, uh, recycling company Resta. Recycling is a huge issue. We're also going to dive into the, the, the notion of digital product passport and what that means. Uh, we also have some of the leading sustainability directors, uh, managers, uh, uh, professionals from the fashion industry, namely uh, Jessica Sederberg-Woodmar from Gantt and Sandra Roos from Kappal, uh, as well as a group of leading investors in the space. Uh, um, so... Lots to take in. Uh, I encourage you all to have a look at that. Uh, follow our newsletter. Visit scanlivingmind.com slash newsletter to get the invite to that event. Again, it's August 31st during Nordic Fabric Fair in Stockholm. And if you want to uh, read up on, on this stuff, uh, go to scanlivingmind.com and watch this Helsinki edition of the conference. Uh, I'd like to thank 
uh, my colleagues Oliver and Johan. And just to close this out, we we um, this this will be the last podcast for this season. We're gonna do uh, like a traditional Swedish industry vacation in July and uh, a close the podcast for uh, a few weeks. Uh, but you know, Scandinavian in mind still will exist. Not least our newly launched. Beauty Innovation Insights newsletter, which uh, you and I know you are working uh, quite hard on. We just released our second letter. Um, you can sign up for for this online, of course. And uh, during summer, we we do an an early bird uh, free access to this new, uh, uh, newsletter uh, ahead of its uh, paid edition that comes out uh, uh, after summer. You and uh, give us an insight on on what we have. Uh, in the Insights newsletter uh, this week and in the weeks to come. This uh, last edition, the second one, uh, was about um, how to expand your beauty business in the US, given um, quite a challenging retail landscape where, um, yeah, certain retailers, they, uh, they implement their own regulation. We will have new regulation coming in the US uh, early, uh, early next year, but uh, for now, uh, it's uh, the retailers who can make their own lists. So you need to adapt to that certain list in order to be able to sell. Similar to uh, what we will uh, most likely see in the EU, that you um, need to um, meet certain um, standards in order to, to, to sell your product. All right, wonderful. Uh, again, visit scandalmind.com slash innovation if you want to sign up to our new Insights newsletter. Uh, there are a bunch of uh, interesting content and also events coming out of that project uh, later this this year. Uh, all right, Johan, Oliver, thank you so much for, for doing this today and uh, enjoy the summer, guys.